Welcome to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, where we share the Sermon of the Week from Destiny Church. After the message, check out the show notes for links and more information on how to get connected with Destiny. Let's get into the message. Favorite band? Anybody have a favorite band? Favorite band? Yeah? Okay, guys. Sorry, TV folks. I want to hear some favorite bands. Anybody? I know what your favorite band is. Say yep, it. Grateful Dead. Grateful Dead. Can you imagine that? <laughs> favorite band, Deb? Oh, I've got more than you can win. Okay, yeah. <laughs> more than that. All right. Yes. No. No. Okay. <laughs> favorite band? Third day. Third day. Third day. Favorite band? I don't even remember. Say I the Gaithers. So Make me happy. Say the Gaithers. <laughs> oh, the Gaithers. The Gaithers is certainly one. All right, Gaithers is the top. Favorite band? Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Favorite band? Metallica. Metallica. Kiss. Kiss. Throwback stuff. Anybody else? Anybody else want to give me your favorite band? Sure, what's your favorite band? Barry Manilow. Oh my gosh. See, you see what I have to live with? You see what I have to live with? Oh man, Diva, you came and gave without taking. All right, so we all have, we all have a favorite band, right? We all have a favorite band. How, how about favorite concert? Favorite? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I am, uh, I think the first concert you and I went to together was. Eddie Rabbit. Anybody remember Eddie Rabbit? With the windshield wipers tapping out of tempo. You know? Yeah? And then we saw Engelberg Humperdinck, I think. We saw Engelberg Humperdinck. Who's the guy that sings with the gold microphone? We saw him. Anyway. We did see, I'm not a, a, a big, I wasn't, and I'm a more now, but I went and saw Garth Brooks in concert. Anybody else ever seen Garth Brooks in concert? Now that guy, he can bring it. Because it's just like, it, it, he makes it all about you and not about him, which is great as an entertainer. And uh, uh, it's a long story, but I was buying a couch and I was with my brother-in-law and he wanted us to go. And he says, you go in the store and you buy the couch because he was on hold to get these amazing tickets, he said, for Garth Brooks over in Champaign a number of years ago. And so I went in and I bought a couch and he was still wrapping up his phone call with Ticketmaster, whoever, when I came back, like half an hour later, he goes, okay, got it, we got the tickets. I said, great, so we're going. He goes, yeah, 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 the tickets are $380 a piece, though. I'm like, you just bought those? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I'm thinking I'm going to be in the front row. No, 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 those are like $3,000 tickets down front, right? So I'm like way up in the, way up in the top of the fishbowl and, and, uh, uh, had a good time. It was a great concert. And uh, so your favorite, your favorite band, your favorite concert, have you ever had a backstage pass? You ever had a backstage pass to a concert? You know what that means? Imagine I had a backstage pass concert to the Garth Brooks concert. I wouldn't be sitting up in those nosebleeds, nosebleed seats, right? I'd be down. I'd be like walking around in the back. Hey, Garth, what's shaking? How you doing? Right? I don't know what concert that you would like to go to, but what if you had a backstage pass to the concert? And I want to talk about my backstage pass today. 
And hopefully it will bring some revelation to you about who you are, because that's important. So Father, we enter into your presence now to hear the preaching of your word, that we might be uh, encouraged and corrected, instructed, and brought closer to you by your spirit today. We thank you for your word, and we thank you for your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so uh, we're going to do a little bit of uh, a backfill. We're going to do a little back work. We're going to do a little wallpaper hanging right now so that we can have some uh, important things to hang on that, right? So to, to get everybody up to speed, not everyone has the same level of information. So I just want to remind you that God is three persons and he's a trinity, right? So God is in the center and you have the Father, and you have the Son, and you have the Holy Spirit in this, this is just a way to help you explain it, in this graph, in this triangle around God. And it basically says that the Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not the Father, but each of them independently are God. They are as much God as any other uh, person in the Trinity. We say Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and, and sometimes Holy Spirit gets this third place trophy, right? Why is that? It's because we mentioned him third. doesn't mean that he's, they're, they're equal, but he, you can't name them all at the same time unless you say God, three persons. So that is the reason that, that the Holy Spirit is mentioned third is because in the progressive revelation of who God is, from Genesis to Revelation, we have God the Father, then we have God the Son of the New Testament, and then in Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 2, we have the revelation of the third person of the Trinity, not the third place of the Trinity, but the third person, and that is the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense to everybody? Now, let me just help you. If you would like to, you could draw that in the back of your Bible. That'd be a wonderful thing. Um, but then I also want to tell you a couple scriptures that substantiate the fact that Jesus is God. And I'm going to tell you a couple scriptures that tell you that the Father is God. And then give you a couple scriptures that mention that the Holy Spirit is God. Because unless you have scriptural references and background and backup for what I'm telling you, you're just going to go tell somebody, because my pastor said. And that's not good enough, right? So Father is God. In 2 Peter 1.17, for he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came from him the, uh, from the majestic glory saying, this is my son whom I love and I'm well pleased. This then is how to, that you should pray. Remember in Matthew chapter 6 verse 9, Jesus says, our Father who art in heaven. And then Jesus being God, that was Father God, Jesus God. Jesus said of himself in John 10, 30, I and the Father are one. Revelation 1, 17, and when I saw him, John sees Jesus, he says, I fell at his feet, though dead, and he placed his right hand on me and said, don't be afraid, I am the first and the last. And then after the resurrection, uh, remember he encountered Thomas, the doubter, and then after Thomas put his hands in the holes of Jesus' hands, Thomas goes, my Lord and my God. That wasn't like him saying a vulgarity or using the Lord's name in vain. It was a confession. And how do we know that it was a confession and not an exclamation? It was a confession because Jesus didn't rebuke him. And the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is God. And, 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 and there's lots, but one of my favorites is when uh, Peter was taking an offering and there was a husband and wife couple by the name of Ananias and Sapphira. And Ananias and Sapphira, uh, they sold a piece of land and they held back a portion of what they had sold. 
And then they presented the remainder of that to Peter and the church and said, this is all that we have. And it wasn't the fact that they held something back that got them in trouble. What, held, what got them in trouble was they lied. And they lied to the Holy Spirit. They didn't lie to Peter. They lied to the Holy Spirit. So Peter said to Ananias, how is it that Satan has filled your heart and you have lied to the Holy Spirit? Which is also a good indication that the Holy Spirit is a person and not an it. Because you don't, I, don't lie, I don't lie to the carpet. I don't lie to the wall. I don't lie to the light bulb. You only lie to people. Um, and you've kept some for yourself, the money you received in the land. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold and after it was sold? Wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think doing such a thing? You have not lied to men, but to God. So at the first part of the verse, he says you lied to the Holy Spirit. And by the end of the verse, he's saying the Holy Spirit is God. Make sense? Okay, there's a bunch more. We won't go all there right now. So I want to take a few minutes today and talk to you about the backstage pass. The backstage pass as it relates to your life in your Christian walk, is the Holy Spirit. Okay? It, it, it does some things for you. It brings some things to you. It gives you some authority. It gives you some power and allows you to engage the world on a different level. So the Holy Spirit has a job description. Many things that he does uh, in, the, in the work of the Trinity, but he is the dynamo. He is the... He is the nuclear engine as part of his job description, if you will. In Romans chapter 8, verse 11, we have a number of scriptures today, so please stay with me. And if the Spirit, this is what we're talking about, and if the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is now living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give you new life to your mortal bodies. How will he do that? Through his Spirit who lives in you. Now let me just take an axe right to the root of some of your Pentecostal charismatic theology um, that says, oh, I'm not saved, or you, I am. Your Baptist friend, you try to convince to get the Holy Spirit, and they're already saved. You know how irritated that makes a Baptist? <laughs> right? And now you're just one of those people. You're one of those crazy charismatic Pentecostals. I would prefer that you totally affirm anyone that's saved as having the baptism, as having the Holy Spirit. I just read to you, the same Spirit, this is what Paul says, the very same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead now indwells you. He's talking to everybody who's a believer. Not just Pentecostals, not just Charismatics. So get off your theological high horse just for a sec. I'm a Charismatic, I'm a Pentecostal. I'm not here to, to split hairs on what those things are. I could do that at another time. But I just want to bring us all to a baseline of information, and that is this. When you get saved, you have the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm not making it up. I just told you right there in Romans 8. And you can know that. You can know that. It's not a guess. Well, I think maybe, gosh, I wish, I hope. No, you can know. How is it that you can know? Let's rehearse. How you are saved, according to Ephesians, you are saved by grace through faith. Yes, your faith was part of that, but you didn't have so much faith that you finally got saved. No, your faith barely fit in a thimble. And in fact, the faith that we all had was just the size of a mustard seed anyway. But if you have something even that small, it can still move mountains. So don't be disheartened. We all have faith and we all choose to put it someplace whether it's in your bank account, your education, or in the cross. God says you should really put your faith in the, in the Lord. Right? So we have this faith, and you are saved by grace, meaning his, his goodness, 
His goodness towards you is amazing. You don't deserve it. What you do deserve is for him to squish you out like a, like a cigarette butt. That's what we deserve because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We deserve to be squished. But because he's so good, he says, take that faith, invest it in me, and you'll be saved. For by grace, you are saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it's a gift. Otherwise, you could boast about it. We don't boast about it, but we are, sure, we are assured that if you have faith, you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus is God, that the Lord raised, God raised him from the dead, boom, you're saved. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to guess. You don't have to hope. How do you know that you're going to, well, if you were to die, would you go to heaven? Well, I hope I would. No, 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 no. You can know that you can. You can know that you would go to heaven. Well, how could I know? By grace, through faith. Well, my faith is weak. You have faith. Put your doubts aside. You, you take your socks off at the end of the day and you turn them inside out. No, irritating that is to the person that does the laundry in your house. Right? Well, it's still a sock, yes, but it's inside out. You know what doubt is? Doubt is faith turned inside out. You're just believing for the negative. It's the same thing. So just turn it around. Come on. Get with it. So if we are saved by grace through faith, how are we healed? By grace. I didn't work it up. I didn't work it up. No. By grace. By, because of his goodness. By grace through faith. I'm, I am. How, how did someone get delivered from drugs and alcohol or crazy life? How that, how that happened? By, God, by the grace of God and faith in the Lord. By grace through faith you're saved. So anything. This is the, this is the presupposition that I want us to buy into. Every good and perfect gift that comes down from the Lord is totally yours, and it's available to you by grace through faith. So how do you know, back to the third person of the Trinity and your backstage pass, how do you know that you have the Holy Spirit? By grace through faith. By grace through faith, you receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, is that enough, is that enough background work? I hope. So that's the, that's the job description of the Holy Spirit. He's the dynamo. He brings power. That's his name. I'm teaching a class uh, every Friday night over at the Dream Center. I really, really enjoy teaching my class. Uh, some of you here are in that class. It's, it's wonderful. And we just happened to speak about Acts chapter 1, verse 8 last week, which says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be a witness to me in Jerusalem, Judea, in Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Right, Angie? She's front row sitters, uh, Shad and Angie, right? So you're going to receive power. You'll receive this dynamo. That's the word. You'll receive this dynamite power. When, when? When, when? When the, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. When you have the Holy Spirit. And then you're going to go be a witness. So last week, I know I'm, there, I'm, I'm riding a couple of different horses. I need you to stay with me because I'm going to put a pretty little bow on this in just a minute. Last week, we talked about the church and our expectations versus reality, how the church is, for some people, a hospital. It's an emergency room. And that's good. That's great. But you can't stay in the ER your entire life. What has to happen is you get discharged from the ER and you go back home to your family. And in the ER, where it's all about you and everybody's taking care of you and it's all about you and you've got a wristband on that has your name on it, it's all about you, now all of a sudden you're in a family and you have to care for other people in the family. It's not about you anymore. Some people think the church is all about them. It's just an ER for them. But no, you have to move from ER hospital to a home. This is a house. This is a family where there's a father, a heavenly father, which means that you have brothers and sisters. 
And you may not always give. I'm blessed to have both my sister and my brother here uh, this morning, Kirsten and Hans. Beautiful people, love them, and my mom. And so, uh, family's wonderful. Do we always get along? No. No, not always. My sister's a very strong person. My brother's a very strong person. We don't necessarily always get along, but it's family. We don't excommunicate anybody. So that's, that's part of what growing up in the body of Christ is. You move from the emergency room. Is it supposed to always be in the emergency room? No. Can it be and should it be? Yes, but not all the time for you. So we move on to this. Then thirdly, it was the army. And this is now what precipitated the next bunch of words that I'm going to throw at you. Because we moved from emergency room to family. From family, yes, we're the family, but if all we do is sit around and hold hands, sing kumbaya, and look at our navels, nasal gazers, gazers right? Just, just, just about us. If it's all about us, then we don't ever get out on a Wednesday night and put door hangers on the neighborhood houses and invite them to come out for Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, Easter. Right? That's our Super Bowl Sunday, by the way. Right? And so, of course, we want to get out in the neighborhood because it's not all about us. You know what we've done then? We've moved from ER to home to army. The, the body of Christ is an army. Remember we talked about the armor of God. So as I thought, I'm like, okay, well, what is, what is the power? What is the power that this army needs to have in order to advance the kingdom? Now, are you all with me? That was a 30-minute introduction. Are you Okay. <laughs> So Jesus bandages you up like the good Samaritan in the emergency room. You come home to the father and you learn all about the family. But the army, the third person of the Trinity, that's Holy Spirit. That's Holy Spirit. He's the commander. It's the sword of the spirit, right? That's our weaponry. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. For though we live in this world, we don't wage war as the world does. So again, just to make sure you understand, I'm not talking about getting out your AK-47 your, your, and your AR-15 and we're going to go to war, you know, and, and battle. No, that's not, that's not how we do war. We start the morning with war at nine o'clock in prayer meeting on here. That's how the war begins on Sunday mornings for many. So here it is. The Holy Spirit is your backstage pass. He's the best concert the kingdom of God is the best concert in the world, and so you have this backstage, backstage pass. But if you don't have it, if you don't have it, you're going to go to the concert, you'll enjoy the music, but how much more would you enjoy your life being able to go backstage, see behind the screen, say hey to the principal players? If you don't know or you don't have it, I'm afraid you're going to miss out on what the concert looks like. So what does the concert look like? What does the backstage pass rather look like? Here it is, 2 Corinthians 1.21. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. Who did? Christ did, the anointed one. He can anoint us. Verse 22. And then he did what? He set a seal of ownership on us. How did he do that? And he put his spirit on our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what was to come. This, this, this seal of ownership. That's why when the enemy, 
his demons, not necessarily the devil, because there's only one devil. And you give him way too much credit when you say the devil was on my case last week. Uh, there's seven billion people in the world. If he showed up at your house, you'd probably really, really know it, right? So there's demonic activity in your life. And so you have, you have this going on and you go, okay. But when he comes up to you and he seals that you have a seal, in the old days, to make sure that when letters were given and, and so forth, they would perhaps drip, uh, uh, puff the magic dragon, lived by the sea and frolicked in the autumn mist in a land called, anybody? Annalee, little Jackie Paper, loved that rascal, puff, and brought him strings and sealing wax and other fancy stuff. How do I remember that song? I have no idea. But I'm very good at remembering lyrics to songs. That's my wife. Okay, so I just thought of this. Uh, sealing wax. They would drip wax on, on, that, on that thing. And then you've heard of a signet ring? Which is like a, 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 a relief carving of your initials or your, your insignia. And then the king or whoever would just put his seal in that until that wax became cool, pull it out, and then everyone would know that, that the king touched that. And you better not touch that. And when the enemy comes by your neighborhood, by your home, by your family, and he sees that you've been sealed, he goes, mm, boy, I don't know that I really want to mess with them. Because I know what my end is. He already beat me once. If I start messing with his kids, listen, some mom starts giving her kid cauliflower ears at Walmart. It's okay, you know, giving him a swat or whatever. Getting on, hey, kid, get out of here. But you say that to my kid? Oh, no, you got another whole thing. You got another whole thing going on, right? So when the, when, when the enemy starts messing with the father's kids, he goes, wait a second, uh-uh. There's, that's where his grace comes and the power of the Holy Spirit. So you've been see all right. So this is kind of cool. Um, this is sometimes, not all the time, very rarely, a couple times a year, I write a very special note. And on that note, I will seal it. I don't know if you've ever seen one of these or not before, but this is a sealing wax kit. Pretty cool. Um, and there's, there's, like cheapo ways to do it, you know, you drip a candle and then you do the thing. But this is like, this is, this is the super cool. Watch this. This is one, this is from my office. So you get a piece of colored wax, whatever color. This is burgundy. And then you would shave some of that into this little spoon. And then you bring out your little, what do you call it, votive candles, ladies? Is that what you call those? You bring out your little votive candles. And then you, then you heat your... It's like you're shooting heroin or something. You know, you, you, I just had that thought. I, sorry, that belly is not really appropriate. It's like you got a spoon and you're cooking, cooking your wax. Or I don't know. But anyway, you know what I'm saying? It's weird. But anyway, you're going to remember it. And so, 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 so you do that. So you do that. Then, then it has a little edge on Then you carefully drip your, you drip your wax onto your document or onto your, onto the, your envelope. And then you get out your little seal, and this just happens to be an H, um, and then you press that down until it gets cool and lift up, and it leaves this really, really cool looking thing so that when you get it, it's like, wow, that's really cool. Well, that is, that is exactly, it's not a type, that's exactly what the Lord does for you and me. He has sealed us. And how did he seal us? He sealed us with the Holy Spirit. Wow, okay. 
Well, what else? Well, let's just keep reading. Not just sealed, but also 2 Corinthians 5, a little bit later, he says, now it is God who had made us, uh, who has made us for this very purpose, and again, has given us the spirit. There it is. This is what, what, how we know. And this, this time he doesn't call it a seal. He says it's actually a deposit. A deposit. The Greek word really means earnest. That part of a purchase money or a property given in advance as a security for the rest. So in other words, here's a taste of what you have available to you. So he seals you. He puts this on you and then in you, on and in, he seals on your heart, he seals, he seals you visually and then internally he gives a deposit. My wife arrived to church, she, I saw her, I said, hey, would you give me the debit card? She goes, what are you buying? <laughs> I said, I'm not buying anything, I just want to use it, I want to use it today. This, without this, I'm not going to buy anything. With it, I can go all around town and buy stuff until it runs out. <laughs> right? Imagine, imagine, oh, you know, the rebate card that you get from someplace because you did a thing and they send you a $20 rebate card and it's a, it's a prepaid debit card or whatever. Imagine somebody giving you a prepaid debit card that has no limit on it. That's what the Holy Spirit is. It's the deposit. It's just a deposit. It's just a deposit. Philippians 4.19 says that my God shall supply most of your needs, all of your needs, according to Eric's goodness. No, according to all the riches that I have, says the Lord. Aren't you glad that God is taking you according, is providing for you according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus and not according to the federal government, the state of Illinois, or your neighbor? All limited resource. But when the, when the Holy Spirit comes on, this is, why, this is why I know if someone really is moving in the power of the Spirit. They go, listen, man, I can go where I need to go. I can do what I need to do. I got a seal on my heart. No devil in hell can keep me from the mission that God has appointed me to. This is what Paul did. He got on a boat and began to sail for Rome. Got in a shipwreck. It's all good. Viper bites him on the hand. It's all good. No problem because I am, I am invincible until God says it's time for me to go home. So there's no weapon formed against me that will ever prosper. No weapon formed against you will ever prosper. Do you think when the Lord tells you to do something and you say, I don't have enough money, do you think when you die and go to heaven having not done what he asked you to do and you stand before him at the great white throne and he says, why didn't you do what I asked you to do and you stammer and you stutter and you try to explain to him that you didn't have enough money to do what he asked you to do? Do you think he's going to take that excuse? I don't think so. Why? Because he says, I, I sealed you. I gave you a backstage pass. Whatever you need, I, I'm not, listen, if the Lord is a teaser, if the Lord is a character, if the Lord is a shyster, well, that's German and I should probably not have said that, but if the Lord is, is, is it's pulling your leg, he would, give you a, he would give you a responsibility and then not give you the ability to fulfill it. 
But if the Lord gives you a responsibility and says you should do it, he also there likewise empowers you to do whatever he's told you to do because you're not gonna be able to tell them, I didn't have enough money, I didn't have enough time. No, 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 all the resources of the world are at your disposal. Greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world. Stop walking around like you're in the nosebleed seats of a Garth Brooks concert and start walking backstage, walk around like you got some authority, like you have a little cash in your pocket, metaphorically speaking, because no, no, no devil can stop what God has started in you if, by grace, through faith, you just keep walking, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. See, now I've just preached myself super happy. I'm extremely happy right now. My wife's very nervous about this card. I can tell right now she's sweating down front. She's like, I need to... <laughs> you can have it back. There you go. <laughs> so, what is the Holy Spirit? He's our backstage path. How does, he manifest, how does he manifest himself to us? He manifests himself to us as a seal on us and a deposit in us. Watch close. In Ephesians 1, very important. You should underline this. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, Paul writes, he says, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of the truth, the gospel, your salvation. Okay, everybody. He's talking about everybody. You all were included. How do you receive the Holy Spirit? Keep reading. Having believed, how? By grace through faith. Having believed that you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance how, for how long? Until you go to heaven. Until the redemption of those who are God's possession to praise, praise and glory to be to his name. The Holy Spirit is God's deposit in you. It is his seal on you. The gift of the Spirit is for believers. It's a down payment on your heavenly inheritance. Song of Solomon says, place me like a seal on your heart. So you're saved by grace through faith, right? How do you get the deposit? How do you get the seal? By grace through faith. You don't earn it. You don't earn it. You don't do something. All of a sudden, now you graduated. Growth track, congratulations. Now you have the seal of the Holy Spirit. And that's not how it works. You got it from the get-go. So here we go. You ready for some application? We got time, watch this. Who made the deposit in you? Say God. Yeah. But unless you make a withdrawal, you're a pauper. Unless you got what it takes to step up to the counter. I mean, you know your debit card doesn't have a dollar amount on it. You just kind of either try to remember or you check your app, like how much money you got left in there, right? But if there, was, if there was an unending balance and you didn't have to worry about whether or not you'd run out, you would walk up to the counter with a little bit more fortitude, wouldn't you? A little bit more purpose. You would actually enter boldly into the throne room of grace rather than, gosh, I hope I got enough left you know, to buy a stamp, Right? It's like when I go to the gas station and I look over at the pump next to me and I, three, I see somebody pump $3 in. I go, what the heck is that? That's somebody who's down to their last dollar. Right? But I'm, 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 making, please, I'm not talking about mammon. I'm not talking about earthly money. I'm talking about your inheritance as a child of God and the authority that you carry to go into all the world, anywhere you want, preach the gospel, well, they might kill me. You mean they'd send you to heaven? So what's, what's scary about that? They might kill me. Well, 
They're going to threaten you with heaven? How much do you value your life? Woe to the man who tries to save his life for he'll lose it. For if you lose your life, you'll certainly gain it. Where, where, where's the generation of missionaries? Where's the generation of missionaries going to Iraq, going to Sudan? Huh? So, we need to make a deposit. You'll never experience all the backstage pass has for you until you get the deposit and the seal. So the Holy Spirit has lots of roles, right? He does many things. He convicts us of our sin. He's the convictor. He draws us to the Lord. He does many things as we move from emergency room to family, but we're talking about the army now. He does many things, and primarily, he is the heat-seeking missile. He is the, he is the intercontinental ballistic missile. He is the, he, I don't know, the biggest caliber, whatever, that's out there, how it's served 50, well, I don't know what they are, but he's that times infinity and if God be for you who could be against you you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you who makes the deposit God who withdraws you do so what does the withdrawal look like here it is in 1 Corinthians 12 Paul says in verse 7 now to each one there's a manifestation of the spirit it's given. Why is it given? For the common good. Look at that. We talk about gifts of the Spirit. Why were they given? So that you can look flashy and so you can be important and so you can have a ministry and so that you can be the top dog and everybody can want to carry your Bible and bring you a bottle of water. Grow up. Get out of the emergency room. Get on the front line. Nobody's doing anything for any of you. You are in the battle. You're in the battle. For the common good. To one there's been given a spirit of the message of wisdom. To another the message of knowledge. By others the same spirit. To another faith. The same spirit. Gifts of healing. To others miraculous power. Verse 10. To others prophesying. To other distinguishing between spirits. Between uh, different kinds of tongues. And still another. The interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of the very same dunamis. The very same spirit. And he gives them to who? To everyone, to each one, as he has determined. But don't stop there. Next verse, keep reading. The body is a unit. Though it's made up of many parts, and though it's all of its parts are many, they form one body, so it is with Christ. So we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. If we were Jews or Greeks, it didn't matter. We were all given the same spirit. Spirit. We all were given your Baptist friend, your Lutheran friend who loves Jesus. We all have the same spirit. You, you charismatic Pentecostals, you don't have a special spirit. And what do we do with this spirit? What does it say at the end? We drink it. We were given, that's a metaphor, obviously. But you know, if you've ever been around a drinker, I have. You better hand around a heavy drinker? Maybe you. Or you know someone who just does a little bit too much, right? Let me tell you something about somebody that drinks too much. They cannot help but manifest that they've drunk too much. As much as they want to be, as much as they want to stand still. And, as much as they want to tell you, oh, yeah, it's all good, officer. You know, you can see it in their eyes. You, smell, you can smell it on them. You can see how, how they just weave them. 
A drunk person, here's my point, a drunk person cannot help but manifest that they're drunk. Now, we are not drunk as you suppose with the Holy Spirit, but let me tell you what, if you say you're a child of God and you don't manifest the power of the Holy Spirit, I question, I, this is very, very serious, I question whether or not you're even saved. I'm not asking, I'm not saying, oh, he doesn't have the Holy Spirit, no, because if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit. And the byproduct of the Holy Spirit is power, student is power. And if you don't walk in power and authority with a backstage pass attitude and an and a, and a endless debit card attitude, I question whether or not you're even saved. Because I'm not making a differentiation between someone who is saved and doesn't have the spirit and some charismatic Pentecostal person who is saved but has the spirit. Forget that. That's crooked theology. It's actually heresy. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now indwells you. Go manifest. You've been sealed. You You have the authority. Go do it. And if you don't, perhaps you haven't drunk the spirit. I know, no big amens there, but that's okay. I think one of the, I think I think a big disservice. I think a big disservice in a lot of happy clappy churches. A, a big disservice in a lot of in a lot of modern day feel good big cheesy grin churches. I think a big disservice uh, is that they've convinced a lot of people because they've prayed a prayer they're saved. I think that's a disservice. You know why? Because I know I could go buy a parrot and I could teach that parrot to say that prayer and that doesn't mean that parrot's saved. Just because those words came out of your mouth doesn't mean you're saved. I'm asking you, how do you walk through life? That will tell us. Why? Because we will know you by your fruit, not the kind of size Bible that you carry. We'll know you not because you go to this church or that church. We'll know you because you walk like a person who belongs behind stage. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you a quick story. You know, I, I don't have a backstage pass, but a lot of places I go to, I act like I have a backstage pass. And this is what I tell my wife, and she knows this to be true. If you walk into a place and you walk like you know where you're going and who you're talking to, everybody leaves you alone. I, I, I do it all the time. You just, just, just walk like, I went, I was, I was getting palm, palm leaves for next Sunday for our kids, 75 palm leaves for all the kids for Palm Sunday. I was at Schnooks on North Grand, uh, on Sangamon Center, and there was anybody there? I'm just, I'm back behind the counter. I'm looking for the lady. I'm, and, and people, they want me to take their order for flowers because I look like I belong there. In a, on a spiritual plane, ladies and gentlemen, this is you. Why are you cowered in a corner? Why are you all curled up in a fetal position? You've, got the, you've been sealed. You have an endless deposit inside of you that will not wear out. He has promised he will always be with you to the very ends of the earth. Cowboy up. Acts 2. Somehow ever made fun of them saying they've had too much wine. I've had that said of me. And Peter stood up and said, listen, these guys are not drunk like you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. Verse 16, no, it was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on some people. No, on all of y'all. If you live down south, all y'all means everybody. Right, Jeremy? All y'all. I will pour out my spirit in those days. Here we go. As a born again believer, by grace through faith, you have the backstage pass. You have the seal. You have the debit card, which is the deposit. So my question is, are you behaving like you do? 
Because faith without. No, I know you don't like that, but that's how we know. Remembering that your works don't make your salvation, right? They're, they are an outward expression of what's going on inside of you. So here they are, speaking gifts, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, prophecy, tongues, interpretation. I have a little chart. Serving gifts, faith, healing, miraculous power, service, discernment, helps. You can take a picture of that. Boy, that's awful small. But you might be able to blow it up. Those are things that can manifest in you. Encouragement. I'm an encourager. I'm an evangelist. I'm, I have the gift of mercy. I love hanging around people with mercy. Gift. Holy cow, those are wonderful people to hang out with. People with the gift of faith, word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Who has them? Whoever God gave them to, that's who has them. But you all have one. Why? Because you're in the family. You're in the family. He, he sealed you. He has the deposit in you. He didn't short sheet you. Right? So watch this. All of those things, all of those things, those serving gifts, those speaking gifts, why do we have them? So you can be a big time person? No, 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 no. We've been given them so that we can then use them for the common good, for everybody else. And here's how we're supposed to use them. The fruit of the spirit. I don't know if you've ever made this connection before, but the fruit of the spirit is the fruit of the spirit's power. The fruit of the spirit, that's what it's called, fruit of the spirit. Fruit of the spirit? How about this? How about fruit of the spirit's power? Therefore, if you're moving in all those wonderful, miraculous gifts and you're walking around like you own the place in the spirit realm, if you do it how? With love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and meekness and self-control. You're not BMOC. You're not big man on campus because of those things. Because the greatest are the servants. You don't go around beating your chest. This is what, I've got these. No, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. And, if, and, and we really, really identify your pride and your arrogance if this is not manifest because of the fruit in your life, because of the power. The power produces this fruit. If the power produces ego and pride and egocentric stuff, listen, you're doing it for the wrong reason. You're doing it to be noticed. You're doing it to be lifted up by other people. But we're here to serve. I may not, on, on, the, on the battlefield, military folk, on the battlefield, you may not even know who you are defending. But you do it. You're not doing it. Man, if I go up there and I do that, I'm going to get a purple heart. I'm going to get a medal. I'm gonna get a, no, you don't do it with the idea of getting recognized. You do it because it's the right thing to do, even if no one's watching. That's what makes heroes. So if you're saved, God sealed you. Your backstage pass. So here it is. For those of you who are already saved and you have the seal of the Holy Spirit on your life, where, the question is, where has he given you the opportunity to demonstrate his power and to make a withdrawal? If you don't have a place that's making a demand, you go into the ATM. You go to the ATM, and the scripture says, whoever has faith in me will do whatever I've been doing, and they'll even do more than what I've been doing. That means no matter what what demand you're making on the account, there's more in there than you could ever hope for or think or imagine. So why be a chicken? 
Why, why, be, why be, no, no, you step up with all authority. I have every right to be here. This is, he put his, my card, his name on my card. And, uh, and, I'm, and I'm gonna make it, so believers, this is for you. We're wrapping up here, but it has to be a challenge. And this is the challenge. If what I have said is true, and I believe that it is to the core of my being, if what I have said is true, the challenge is, what are you gonna do about it? Or what are you doing about it? There should be something, there should be someone, there should be some circumstance in your life that requires a deposit from you to them. Paul said to Timothy, I charge you therefore to preach the word and to discharge all the things that I've given you. I love that scripture because Paul says to Timothy, you've been charged to be discharged. That's the scripture. We don't have time to preach it today, but it's in 1 Timothy. It's awesome. He tells Paul, you've been charged. I charge you, therefore, to preach the word, to be constant in season, out of season, correct rebuke, blah, 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 and then discharge all that I've given you. The only reason God gave you the seal and the huge deposit is because he's banking on you, putting it someplace else. Because you just don't, if, he, if the master gives you something, you don't go to the backyard and dig a hole and put it in there and bury it. No, he wants a return on his investment. So when you stand before him, he goes, what did you do with all that power I gave you? What did you do with all that authority I gave you? Oh, I buried it in the backyard and I went to Florida three times a year to pick up shells. Congratulations. You're going to pick up shells in your retirement? That's how you want to spend the last 15, 20 years of your life? No, you get refired, not retired. Those should be the most productive years in the kingdom of God. You don't have all the family and all that other kind of stuff. Mm. I like my little ATM picture. I think that's cool. That's for all y'all. But there's some people here that I have just spoken way, way beyond where you are because you've never even surrendered your life to Christ. So that's who I want to address now just for a minute. Because if you haven't given your life to Jesus, you're looking at me as someone who might have just had too much to drink this morning. My words don't make sense to you. You're sitting there and you're thinking, man, this place is crazy. I need to get out of here. I don't know why I'm here. But some of you are leaning in a little bit because you sense, you sense truth and you sense genuineness and you sense authority and you sense power that's not mine. It's him. He's in the room today. And he loves you, and he loves you so much that he actually died for you. Why? So that he could seal your heart and make sure you'd always be with him and give you a deposit because he knows you don't have enough in yourself. Listen, we all come up short trying to do it in ourselves. We do. But with God, all things are possible to those who believe. So stand up with me this morning, please. I want to pray for you. I have not always honored the seal that had been placed on my heart. I've not always honored the deposit that's been placed in me because I see a spiritual need and I'm not willing to go to my bank inside of me and take the time, the energy, and use the resource of my time, talent, and treasure to, to go there and to do that. And that's on me. That's for us believers. God's saying, listen, you cannot deplete the source. You cannot deplete the source. Go love on that person. Encourage them. Bless them. And you know what happens when you go minister, particularly if you're going on like a mission trip, like to Guatemala? You go, I'm going to go minister the love of Jesus. And you know what happens? You get ministered to. Why? Because it's in giving that you actually receive.
come here and you say, I'm a little tired, I really don't feel like worshiping, but you decide to make a sacrifice and, and, and dig down into the deposit and you begin to lift your hands, you begin to lift your voice and you begin to shout and praise and sing hallelujah, you know what happens? Now you're not tired anymore. Why? Because you've given, now you've received. And with the measure that you use, it'll be, be given back unto you, pressed down, shaken together and overflowing. So this is a call to those of you who are believers to step it up. ER, home, army, where are you? Head that way. Be on the front lines. Come out Wednesday night and hand out door hangers. What if somebody looks at me strange? What if they do? What if somebody says, I don't believe that you're Jesus? What if they do? No big deal. You love them anyway, right? You love them anyway. Here you go. And they slap it out of your hand. They spit on you. I don't think they will. What do you do? You love them anyway. You don't punch them back. I told you, take this track in the name of Jesus. <laughs> That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Jesus hung on a cross. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. So, Father, we bow our heads collectively this morning as the army, as the army of God. Help us to figure out what tools you've given us. And if you need help with that, go to a connect group. Find a pastor. Say, listen, I really need to find out what my giftings are and the kingdom will help you. But, Father, here we are as believers, wanting to make a difference because you made a difference in us. Help us and lead us, Lord, to be different when we walk out that door today than the way we walked in. And for those, Lord, kind of on the fence, figuring out whether or not you're really who you say you are, show yourself to them because I don't have to convince you. You just have to believe by grace through faith. And the evidence that you have that you're saved is your faith. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for, things not yet seen. So Father, we put our faith in you. Maybe you did this 10 years ago, 50 years ago, or maybe just last week, but maybe it's your first time. I'm gonna raise my hand and say, God, I put my faith in you today. Would you join me? Maybe it's your first time or your thousandth time, but you're saying, I've not always done it well. I've not always honored the seal that you put on my heart. I've not always honored the deposit you put in my life. But Father, forgive me. Give me a fresh start. And I'm putting my hope in you today. You're the only way. You're the truth. You're the life. And so write my name in the Lamb's book of life and give me another crack at life. I promise. I'll do the best I can with the help of your spirit. Sealed. Sealed. And deposited with the glory and the riches of heaven. I'm gonna invite the prayer team to come down front right now, and if you need prayer, I wanna invite you to come as well. Just step out, that person next to you will move. We wanna pray for you. Maybe that was the first time you prayed that prayer, or maybe you're needing a healing, you're needing some, some uh, one to lay hands on you. The prayer team's coming now, you can come now too. And I'm gonna close this out in prayer. Then we're all gonna be back at one o'clock. Father, in the name of Jesus, Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. We don't deserve it, but you still give it to us every morning. Help us to walk with our heads held high, knowing that we're in the army. We're in the army of God. We watch each other's back, and we move with power and authority and the strength of your spirit. And we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. As we conclude this podcast, we want to take a moment to say thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please consider subscribing to receive our weekly podcast on your device. 
Check out the show notes for links to our website, more information about this message, or to support our ministry. You've been listening to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, your place for real, relevant relationships.